Ready? Yep. Let's go. Healthy, healthy rainbow. Beautiful fish. <laughs> you dropped him, dude. Stud. <laughs> On the squall, baby. On the squall. I got it, too. Right there? I got it, I got it too. Oh. He barely puts in the net. Oh, my God. Uh, sick, sick, sick. <laughs> But first, a word for our partners. Heather's Choice, healthy, flavorful, dehydrated meals for the backcountry. Use our discount code theyoungguides15 to save at checkout. Lucky Bug Lures, get hooked and use our discount code theyoungguides15 to save at checkout. Northern Knits, handmade knitted wool hats out of Alaska. National Wild Turkey Federation, South Sound Strutters, your conservation organization for Washington State turkey populations and habitats. Alaska Rodco, Alaskan handmade rods. Shell Art Studio, original Alaskan focused art. Slay Jays, it ain't all about the catching. Welcome back to another episode of the Young Guides Podcast. I'm Keaton, and this is. I'm Kyle, and today we have uh, an awesome guest planned out. We have Nina Herrera. Um, Nina, um, has an Instagram page, Nina on the fly 907. Uh, I've been following her for a while. Um, kind of keeping up with her adventures up here. Uh, Nina is a really passionate angler here, um, in Alaska, kind of focusing around South central, um, uh, fishes on the parks, highway streams quite a bit. Um, and, you know, does a little stuff down on the Kenai Peninsula. And, uh, we just wanted to have her on the podcast, kind of talk about, um, what she does up here in Alaska, her fishing, um, and then kind of the community that she's building um, with other anglers, especially having uh, getting together with other women anglers and, you know, trying to build that community up here, get out, um, have fun and uh, stay safe. I mean, a lot of places it's, it's good to be with a group or with a few other people, but especially in Alaska, things can go wrong quick. So it's nice to have that community of people that you can go out with and, you know, just, just talk with there's not a lot of us up here so when you can find people with similar interests it's uh makes things a lot better so um uh, with that nina welcome to the podcast thank you thank you guys for having me it's great to be here uh, well thanks for coming on um can you just start out by telling us a little bit about yourself yeah so uh, my name's nina i live in eagle river alaska um, I'm a transplant from Washington State. Um, I grew up in Skagit Valley, Washington, uh, Mount Vernon to be specific, and um, moved up here in 2019. Um, my husband's in the Air Force here, stationed at uh, Elmendorf Air Force Base. And so we got orders um, July 2019. We moved up from California is where we spent the last uh, previous four years. So uh, really excited to get back up here. I actually did a small stint up here when I was right after high school. Um, one of my friends was living up here and um, invited me to live up here in Eagle River. So I came up and it only lasted a few months before I ran out of money and had to move home. So it's not my first time in Alaska, but uh, this has become home for me and it's somewhere that I um, want to stay forever. And I've I've just fallen in love with fly fishing and hiking and camping and just being outside here and uh, community is really great. So I'm, I'm hoping to make this home forever. Oh, that's awesome. 
So, uh, did you get, were you fishing before, um, you moved to Alaska? That's something you started doing here. Um, so I always fished growing up in Washington. Uh, my dad got me into fishing. Uh, my dad had four girls. And so out of the four of us, I feel like I was probably the most tomboyish one. And, uh, I, it was just our tradition. We'd always go out fishing. I grew up on the Skagit river, uh, but we didn't fly fish. And so that was something that didn't come until later. Um, I'm actually, I'll be 37 in April. So I, I didn't, I was a late bloomer when it comes to fly fishing. I didn't start until 2019, uh, moving up here and, uh, something that I always wanted to do. My dad did it uh, in Montana growing up. Uh, that's where he was from. And, uh, when we were living in California, we did a lot of hiking up in the High Sierra, uh, up near Yosemite and Kings Canyon and places like that, uh, Sequoia National Park. And I'd always see, we'd see trout in the streams up there. And I would just, oh man, I really wanted to try to fly fish. And uh, we spent a lot of time over in Mammoth Lakes area, Owens River Valley. And so it was one of those things I just always wanted to fly fish. And it wasn't until we got those orders to Alaska where I was like, that's it. Like, no more excuses. Um, got my first rod. And then I was just hooked, you know, after that. You know the feeling. It's just <laughs> yeah. once you start, then you just can't stop. You just fall in love with it. Yeah. Did uh, Did you guys travel a lot before you moved up to Alaska? Or were you kind of like you started here and, and stayed here and then moved to Alaska? Um, it's kind of a, a, a interesting story. So I met my husband the first time I lived in Alaska. We were both 19, um, just young and uh, carefree. And uh, we ended up going our separate ways, uh, married other people, got a couple of divorces. Uh, he had a couple of kids. And then after 10 years, uh, we found each other again. I went to his sister's wedding and then uh, we started talking and one thing led to another and um, his his children were up here. And so it was one of those things where he had been trying to get to Alaska for years. Um, he was in California, Texas before that. And we just got lucky. We got orders to Alaska, got to come up here, be near his kids. And um, it just worked out, worked out great. So when you started um, fishing up here, did you have like a a mentor or or what did it look like once you really wanted to get into it? Oh man, I have the funniest story about this. So, um, so the first, I had no idea what I was doing. I know I'd watched YouTube videos. I had, you know, looked up some stuff online, found some Facebook forums. And I remember walking into Mossy's fly shop for the first time. And, you know, I just, I feel like naturally as a, as a female, you're walking into these fly shops and it's all men and it's very intimidating and you want to walk in and you just want to be like, oh yeah, I'm just looking and you, I know what I'm here for and I know what I'm looking at and I don't need any help. You don't need to assist me. And then very quickly you're like, I have no idea what I'm doing and I have no idea uh, what I'm looking at or where to start. And I, and I just like broke down to Mike and, and Brian in there. And I, I said, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, please, <laughs> please help me point me in the right direction. And they were wonderful. Like they kind of took me under their wing and they just were like, oh man, we're so excited. You know, we're excited to have somebody that's, you know, new and uh, excited to get into fly fishing and a female, like this is going to be awesome. So they really helped me out. I mean, they let me know what I needed, where I needed to start. They hooked me up with waders. Um, everything. So um, 
I would say that was kind of the start of it. Uh, also, I had uh, just taken some online, like one-on-one, one-on-one classes, fly fishing through uh, United Women on the Fly, just to learn a little bit more about, you know, what is tippet, what is fly line, what is, you know, leader, um, different rod sizes and reel sizes and what you need for each fish. Um, all of that was like a foreign language in the very beginning. So that was super helpful to me. Um, and then it was funny the other day we were looking at a video of the first time I went out and just was casting and, oh my gosh, it's that video can never come out. <laughs> uh, just totally embarrassing, just whipping it back and forth, you know, just, you could hear it whooshing in the wind. It was, it's awful. Um, but just to, just to know how far I've come from that day in those moments, I mean, fly fishing is one of those things. Like every time you go out, I learn something new and, for people that, you know, probably like you guys, you've been fishing for years and years, you're still learning new things. And uh, fly fishing is a lot about just taking chances. You know, it's not going to be the same scenario every time. Those fish are not eating the same thing every time. Um, sometimes you just try something random out and it pays off. So I love that about uh, this journey is just, just get out there and do it. And a day on the water is a good day. So yeah. it's been great. For sure. You know, one thing that we all probably have in common is we all started in the same place, right? Like you talk about the whipping of the back and forth. I just can picture my first time out <laughs> trying to cast a fly rod and and it's just like <laughs> you know. And my friend's like, no faster, go here, do this. And I'm trying to figure all this stuff out. And uh, and then he's over just laying out, you know, beautiful dime cast. Oh yeah. I'm like, oh, what yeah. wrong here. Well, and it's funny, too, because, you know, going back to what I said about sometimes, like, you know, it doesn't have to be pretty. Some of your ugliest uh, tied flies catch fish. Some of your worst casts catch fish. So uh, it's just getting out and doing it. But, yeah, I, that first time, oh, man, it definitely did not know what I was doing in the beginning. <laughs> so where did you where did you start with? I know. Um you spent a lot of time on like the parks highway. Where was like the, can you remember the, like the first fish that you caught on a fly and, or, or maybe where you spent a lot of your time when you first started? <laughs> so I'll, I'll tell you about my first time fly fishing was down on the Russian. Um, my husband went to, uh, had a friend who he went to tech school with way back. He's been in for almost 18 years now. So I uh, went to tech school with this guy. They'd been stationed together in Alaska before, super passionate about fly fishing. Um, worked for Project Healing Waters and just just was really, really knowledgeable about local streams. Uh, he took me out to the Russian the first time and I remember stepping in the water and it was like for the first time he was like, this is how you want to walk. Because, you know, when you're you're you don't want to slip and fall into the water, those rocks are super slippery. Um, everything from just how to walk and uh, how to sight fish, how to read the water. A lot of it was. Um, less catching a fish and more just about general knowledge and information, which is super helpful. Um, but he also was like, oh, yeah, I see a trout behind that rock right there. And one cast and boom, he landed. And then, oh, yeah, that was, a, you know, sockeye right there. Boom, caught it. Like, it's it was just uh, it was crazy to watch him do that. And I did not catch anything that first day. I fell in, got soaking wet, had to walk around in June in the uh you know, all day, freezing cold. Um, my first fish actually on the fly was an Arctic grayling. Um, 
as soon as I moved to Alaska, I started doing all the research and I was like, I knew I wanted to catch a grayling. Like that was my, like, that was just my number one bucket list fish. And so when you Google Arctic grayling in Alaska, where should I go? Um, you know, it was a, what, 10 hour drive <laughs> to the interior. Um, we jumped in the car, drove all the way up, did some car camping and um, caught my first fish on the fly and it was an arctic grayling i know a lot of people um that's their bucket list fish and that was my first so i feel very fortunate and blessed um that that was the first one it was absolutely magical experience we were out there it was probably close to midnight still light out uh fish rising everywhere um caught it on a dry fly and um just a beautiful moment to remember like i'll get emotional thinking about it but <laughs> Yeah, definitely hooked after that. Uh, that first trip was, uh, we were pretty spoiled. That's cool. So after you, you kind of, I mean, that's a, a big accomplishment in itself. What were, uh, from there on, like, how did you set your goals? What other things did you want to accomplish uh, in fly fishing? So I think the next thing was rainbow trout. Um Alaska is an interesting place because uh, the trout here, a lot of people say we have it easy here, right? Because it's these trout are hungry. They're used to eating uh, meat and they will just go after anything you throw at them. Um, and so I actually, I think I was, I think I was on the willow or somewhere on the parks, but um, it was one of those, I probably went five or six times and didn't catch anything. I was feeling very defeated. I tried throwing everything, beads, nymphs, streamers, uh, just nothing. And every day I was just driving home feeling pretty bummed that, you know, I couldn't even get a bite. And um, yeah, I think I'm trying to think of where that first rainbow, I think the mouth of the willow was the first rainbow that I caught. And uh I don't know if we should be name dropping places or not, but <laughs> um, that was the first rainbow trout I caught. And it was probably like 10 to 12 inches, but it was another magical moment. I feel like I make probably a huge deal out of every fish that I catch. I'm always like talking to them and I just get so overly excited. Um, and it was it was awesome and got it into my net and I was just pumped um, didn't care how big it was or how small it was. It was just like it, the best feeling ever to get that fish on, uh, on the hook and in the net. And then after that, I was just like, all right, I've got this. <laughs> and now it's like, now I go back and I'm like, okay, like, uh, you know, you get these huge fish in the net and you're just like, yeah, it's, it's a great feeling. What an accomplishment, you know, coming from mm -hmm. where, you are, where you are. It's yeah. Yeah, for sure. I will say, though, so last year I went to Montana and did some fly fishing in Montana for the first time. And when you are fishing in Alaska and then you go somewhere like that, you get humbled very quick. Uh, you're, you go down there and the fish, it's like much more about what are they eating and matching the hatch and finding out the fish are just much more picky or they spook easily. And um, it was so much harder to fish down there than it is up here. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, down there, you know, you got blueing olives and stone flies, and you got caddis flies and all these different things. And then up here, you have mice, lampreys, <laughs> and some phase of the salmon life cycle that the trout are eating. That's about it. 
exactly yeah so it's it is interesting and i really want to get back down to washington and fish i desperate to go i want to go back to the skagit want to go back home and i think that that's at the top of my bucket list for sure obviously like steelhead on the olympic peninsula would be phenomenal it would be an amazing incredible experience but i want to catch anything on my home river on a fly like that's that's my next um and i've been looking at the calendar and flights and trying to figure out how i can do it before you know the rivers break up here but we'll see we'll see if it it works out for me well, everything's closed right now down here they have that's what i hear yeah season, so hold on to your money until things change I know. That's what I hear. Yeah. My, I've got, uh, my sister and brother-in-law still live down there and they've been kind of giving me Intel on, on what's going on. I've been reading regulations. So we'll see. It's like when you're up here, um, as Kyle knows, you're just like so desperate for open water. You're just like waiting, you know, impatiently (laughs) and you're ice fishing when you can, but it's not the same. And (laughs) exactly. Yeah. And I feel like right now too, it's like, we're in February, you know, open water is like a month and a half, two months away. It's like, it's so close, but it's still so far. Mm-hmm. It's just, it makes yeah. it really tough this time of year. Yeah. And every year you're like, huh, like maybe I'll try to go a little bit earlier this year. So you try to go like early April, mid April. And, uh, it's, I mean, you're outside, so there's no complaints, but yeah, you're, you're definitely counting down those, those days. Yeah, for sure. I'll go sorry Keaton uh I was gonna say <clears throat> when you're when you started fly fishing up here uh, I mean it's hard enough to get any kind of gear uh, or to get you know materials to tie flies to get rods you know um to get waders I remember when I came up here in 21 I went into Mossy's uh, Mike was having a hard time getting waders in the shop just from Sims what was it like starting in Alaska, um, just fly fishing in general, but, you know, also trying to find um, women's gear? It was next to impossible. It was really, really hard. It's still really hard to get any type of gear for women around here. Um, Mossy's, Mike hooked me up. He actually ordered me some waders. Um, so I'm not like the smallest, tiniest girl that, you know, I'm not built like a stick by any means. And so, um, women already have a hard enough time finding outdoor gear that fits them, um, and fits curves and things like that. And so, um, I tried on waiters in that shop and, and their biggest size and women's Sims didn't fit. And so he ordered me the next biggest size and women's waiters and they came and they fit, but they were definitely snug. They were not the most comfortable. And so I switched to some men's Sims waiters, but then the problem is now you've got, uh, waders that are extra long and tall and the booties are huge. Um, and I had emailed Sims and I said, you know, what can I do about these booties? Can I swap them out? And they said, oh, you know, only if you have the G3s, you know, six, $700 waders, then you can customize the size of the booties. Um, so that was definitely frustrating for me. I'm like, all right, well, I guess I can lose 20 pounds or I can squeeze myself into these <laughs> waders every day. And um, that's pretty much what I did was squeeze myself into the waiters and, um, yeah, it's, it's uncomfortable. And then the other problem with some of this outdoor gear for women is, you know, the, the, some of the brands that are offered 
are bright turquoise blue and bubblegum pink. And I mean, I don't, like, I don't want to wear that on the river. Um, no, no issues at all for women that like that stuff, but I don't, <laughs> I want to, I want to blend in. I want to look like everyone else. I want to wear my, you know, coyote brown khaki tan, you know, green sage green waders uh, like everybody else. And so that's been really difficult. And then just clothing, um, you know, you, I was telling my husband this the other day, you walk into sportsmen's, they've got a huge section of, uh, fishing clothing for men, Sims, um, sweatshirts and uh, thermals and just everything from hats to socks to boxers, you name it. And for women, there's nothing. There's just absolutely nothing. And so I've uh, ordered some stuff online. I've found a few things here and there. But um, as far as like, you know, good outdoor gear that's going to keep you warm, going to keep you dry, it's been very difficult. Yeah. It always surprises me too why they make it bright. Why do they make them bright colors? Because like <laughs> some of like the spring creeks and stuff, like fish. I, I don't care what you guys right. say. But I think fish see you, like especially when you yeah, walk. I do too. With a bright pink shirt on or something like. I mean, I know people that wear like camo to go fish some of these spring creeks so that they can blend in better. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's why I was like, I, I don't get the marketing behind that. I mean, I, I get no, I don't. Here, but. I don't either. I, I really don't. I, I wish the outdoor gear would uh, listen to women more and then also just realize, I mean, women's bodies are just, they're built so differently. Um, and some of the, I, I feel like there's a couple weighty, uh, waiter companies out there and outdoor clothing companies like Miss Mayfly is one of them I know that makes um, custom waiters for women. And again, it's like, you know, I think they're like five or $600 to get some custom built waiters, which are probably going to be worth it eventually. But again, I, I just want to blend in like everyone else. I don't want to go get special custom waiters built just for me, but I might just bite the bullet and do it here in the next couple of years just to be comfortable and, and dry and, um, you know, not be walking around in gigantic booties and my waiting boots. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's so hard to, it'd be so hard to order in some too, because like when I worked at Orvis, it's, you know, you think that like you'd go give someone a size and it, it just wasn't like the right thing for a certain part of their body. And so you'd have to move up a size. So it's like, and mm-hmm. I know that I just shipped something to Alaska and it was like $200 to ship. So yeah, I, I can understand the pain of not wanting to ship return, you know, all that stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of money to, to get the gear up here. And then if it doesn't fit, then you got to ship it back. And then you're just back to square one again. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> Dang. Um, <clears throat> what about, you know, the, it's getting started up here and not just the gear aspect, but just kind of going out with, you know, bears and moose and terrain and, you know, uh, big, big water. Yeah, that's been a challenge too. Um, as I was, I was telling you guys earlier, like I didn't grow up around guns, um, you know, in Western Washington, I didn't have any guns in my household. And um, naturally, I would marry somebody who <laughs> loves guns and loves to shoot, loves to reload and, and all of that. So from day one, you know, he was like, you're not going out to, you know, these places by yourself without something to protect you. And so like you said, <clears throat> I carry both um bear spray and 
um, gun protection, just because you, you never know. Um, I've been in the river before when brown bears have climbed into the water next to me and they're so quiet, uh, crazy quiet. Like you, you don't even, you're, you're just standing there one second and then the next second there's a bear in the water next to you. Um, and luckily, I mean, they're there for the same reason you are. So there was no issues that day, but you never know. Um, and then like you mentioned earlier too, with moose, um, yeah, I mean, moose can be pretty aggressive and they can get very territorial, especially, you know, in the fall time, um, you know, when the moose are going into heat and things like that. And so it's always smart to just carry any type of protection on you. And I fish a lot alone. So uh, that's something for me, you know, with people, you just never know. Um, I'm getting back to my car late sometimes. And um, it's always good to just be aware and, and have the protection and hope that you never need to use it. But just to um, know that that's an extra precaution and being safe. Yeah. How did you finally like, um, like, was it a difficult for you at first to go out? Like, Oh, I'm, I'm, I, I, like, were you holding yourself back? Like, were you concerned about that? No, not at all. I am very independent. I'm very spontaneous. Um, my husband doesn't love to fish. So, uh, that that's never held me back <laughs> day one. I was like, that's it. Well, you want to stay home? See you later. Um, and I just went out and did it and I, I, mean, I'll, I get after it. I will, jump in my car right after work and I will be on the river till midnight, one in the morning, drive home just in time to sleep and start my day all over again, work, and then go uh, back out to the river. So um, no, I, I don't mind doing it alone. I will say that, um, you know, it, it can get lonely and I'm, I'm up there and I see, I, I see all these guys who, you know, they always have like a buddy with them. And I always wish that I had a buddy to go with, um, mainly for safety, you know, if you fall in the water, if something happens, you encounter an animal, um, it would be great to just have somebody there who has your back and somebody who's looking out for you. And not just that, but like to share those moments with, to share those memories with you pull a fish out of the water and you're like, Oh, there's no one here to take my picture. So, um, <laughs> and, uh, so there's moments that I, I really wish that I could, uh, find that buddy who's just down to go after work on a Tuesday night that wants to go run up to the river and it's getting better. Um, now that I've been here for a few years and I've, uh, Instagram has really, really opened the door for me, um, with finding friends, especially other women, uh, United women on the fly has been a huge help. There's a Facebook forum. And uh, actually one of my friends, Jessica here, uh, she had posted, she was new to fly fishing, new to Alaska, and just wanted somebody to go out with. And um, we happened to be neighbors. So it worked out perfectly. And uh, she, she's been really awesome to just get out on the water with. And then of course, seeing her catch her first, um, you know, first dolly and then her first trout and a huge trout um, for her first trout ever was, I mean, it was probably 22 to 23 inches. Uh, just being able to celebrate with someone else on the water has been awesome. Yeah. Have you found other communities by doing anything like uh, anything local in the town or, or in-person events? I mean, you mentioned you found them through Instagram and stuff, but what what's some ways that you're, you're working on trying to build that community uh, a little bit more so that you can go? Yeah. Hot yeah. That's a great question. Um, I feel like, so when I, I've, 
So I didn't have a fly fishing Instagram at first. And one of my friends that I fished with, she had mentioned, hey, well, you know, maybe if you started a fly fishing Instagram, you'd be able to network more and meet other people locally because I was kind of struggling with that, um, you know, coming into town and, and being new. And uh, as soon as I did that, I, I started following like Trout Unlimited. Mm-hmm. Um, I started following like backcountry hunters and anglers. And I was able to start looking at events that they were holding, whether it be uh, river cleanups in town or um, uh, they do a bar flies fly tying night and uh, t- fly tying night. So that was kind of cool to get out and meet people. Um, they did the film festival at Bear Paw in town in Anchorage. And so um, any little event that I can, you know, go to and, and network and meet other people and, and make new friends. I'm all about that. Uh, I've met some really great people through those events. Yeah, that's awesome. How important do you think it is to have that kind of community, especially here in Alaska? I feel like it's so important. Um, I I don't know where I would be without it. I mean, it's uh it's so nice to meet like-minded people and Alaskans. I mean, we we love the outdoors and we are um, kind of stewards of the land. So we really, really care about our watersheds. We care about our fish. We care about our animals. And so everybody here um, has just been so great. And, and the education, the amount of education that's around, especially through things like Trout Unlimited and Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, I've learned so much because, again, I'm not from here. So um, the education that they put out about local watersheds, um, Eklutna, I don't know if you've heard a lot about the, um, you know, taking down the dam and the fish restoration projects that they're doing on Eklutna, um, the Wild West Sioux, the um, Susitna Coalition, uh, even Bristol Bay, even though, you know, that's pretty far away from here, just knowing the efforts that they're putting into uh, saving the wild salmon. It's uh, it's really great. So uh, I love that aspect of this community that people just really care about the environment here. Yeah. What about like a community of other women anglers? Like I know you mentioned you did a online event with like United Women on the Fly, but how's the community in Alaska for mm-hmm. for women anglers? I wish it was better, honestly. Um I feel like so I I did some some searching around and really there's only about two online communities here that are uh I, I saw their last post was like 2021 2020 uh it's not very active here unfortunately i have met a lot of great female anglers through united women on the fly and a lot of them will come up here to fish in the summertime and so we'll link up um, whether it's for fishing or just for a beer or something uh just get together but i really want to see some more active involvement in the female community here. Uh, I try to take out as many people as I can. I mean, I'll talk your ear off about fishing. And so all of my friends, it's funny because, you know, they'll have no interest in fishing. But then I noticed um, one of my friends last week, she sent me a a link for, she's like, well, you know, if I can get this purple rod, then maybe... Maybe I'll come out with you. And <laughs> I'm like, heck yeah, whatever it takes. If you need a purple rod to come out fishing with me, let's get you a purple rod. <laughs> let's get you, yeah. let's get you on the water. 
Um, another thing too is I'm a military spouse. Um, it's really important for me to see other military spouses um, get off the base, get out of the community and explore their outdoors, whether it's fishing or hiking. And so I'm always, you know, I'm, I'm telling my husband's squadron all the time, like anytime you guys want to go, like I will take a group of you and we'll go fishing. Um, yeah. Just any way that I can get more people out and more people excited about it. Um, other than that, I mean, yeah, I, I feel like we need, we need more. And I've thought about it a lot, starting my own little group and trying to get um, more people out. I just, it's a, it's a lot of work <laughs> and something that I definitely plan to, to do if I don't see someone else do it here soon. Yeah, that's great. We got, we got a few connections with you on, on people, uh, like last week we had uh, our friend Penny on and she just started United Women on the fly Puget Sound. So oh, cool. Yeah, so they just started up that group and uh, trying to get more women involvement um, in, in all aspects. So. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, Heather Hodson's really great. Um, she started Heather. women uh, United Women on the fly. And I mean, there's chapters, not even just the U.S., but all over the world. And some of them are just super active. They host meetups. They host river cleanups. The amount of education that they offer is great. Um, there's a lot of online classes that they do now, um, whether it's spay casting or uh, entomology one-on-one or trout fishing in the summer or match the hatch, um, whatever you want to call it. Uh, just the work that she's doing and, and a lot of the people that she works with um, has been really great and just their work in like diversity and in inclusivity. I really appreciate that they're trying to get people from all different backgrounds out on the water. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. The interactions we've ever had with anybody uh, affiliated with any of the um, women on the fly um, groups have, it's always been positive. It's been, they've been great conversations and yeah, great interactions. Yeah. I feel like just the positivity overall in general, it's um, when I first started, it was like, you know, you, you get, you get so excited and it doesn't matter if it's like a little tiny, tiniest little trout that you've ever caught, you get so excited about it. And then I feel almost in a way like social media and the local community, you just start getting kind of jaded because you're like, oh, well, that's not that big of a fish or you know, you, you have people that will seriously reach out to you and they're like, I wouldn't be caught dead fishing on the Kenai or I wouldn't be caught dead fishing a bee. And you just, you start to get these like, like really purest people kind of coming after you. And, um, it starts to kind of change your way of thinking. Cause you're like, Oh, maybe I shouldn't go there anymore. Or maybe I shouldn't use a bead anymore because people are going to look down on me. Um, but one thing I love about fishing with other women, and obviously this isn't every single one but i always find that like fishing with other women it's just so fun like nobody's nobody takes it so seriously like it's just fishing we're just out here having a good time we've got our charcuterie we've got our seltzers we've got you know our fly rods like we are just having a great time and um that's what i really really love about fishing with other women oh that's cool um <clears throat> So I, I know you were talking about trying to organize things and and you know bring more people out, but I know you've started doing some stuff with uh, Roveco. Um, mm -hmm. what, what has that been? Uh, what have you been doing with that? 
Yeah, Rovco's awesome. Uh, my friend Jillian started it. She lives up in North Pole. Uh, it is an outdoor community space that she started with that exact intention of just getting people outside, um, doing it safely, um, learning. It, it's for all levels. And so uh, what I like is it really bridges a gap between people who maybe are sitting at home and wanting to try those things out, like cross-country skiing, but they never have, uh, mixed with people who do it all the time. And so it it bridges those those two communities together. And it's just been really awesome to be a part of it. So um, I've been helping to host some of the cross-country ski meetups. And she's been doing some other events up in Fairbanks, uh, fat tire biking, ice fishing. Uh, she's hosted a couple of uh, weekend trips um, out to a glacier up at Black, uh, I think it's called Black Rapids Lodge. And then she's doing another one out of Wiseman up above the Arctic Circle that'll be snowshoeing, cross-country skiing, um, snow safety, avalanche safety, things like that. And um, yeah, I, I, she came to me with the, the idea of being an ambassador for Rovco and I've, I've loved it. I've been really excited about getting involved. I just started cross-country skiing last winter and I'm not the best at it, <laughs> um, but I do love hosting the meetups. And then actually I just found out I'm pregnant <laughs> not too long ago. And so I don't feel personally comfortable to be skiing around right now because I know I'll fall on my face. <laughs> and so I've just been uh, helping to host the meetups. We do have a hot chocolate bar at all of our meetups. And so I just love getting out there, love meeting new people and just being in the community. And uh, I'm hoping that, you know, this summer we're going to be doing more hiking and more biking and um, fishing. Hopefully it will be in the works someday as well with Roco. So excited about that. I'd be there just for the hot chocolate bar. <laughs> I make a mean hot chocolate. <laughs> I'm about that. Some good hot chocolate. Awesome. And I go all out too. I bring the the Hershey's chocolate and the whipped cream and the marshmallows and we have a good time. I'll buy my plane ticket. I'm on my way. <laughs> we would love to have you. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. And congratulations. It sounds like you're going to have a, a little fishing partner here pretty soon. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm excited. It's, uh, it's going to be interesting for sure. I'm, I'm due in July and I'm like, I don't, Ooh, that's right in the middle. That's right in the prime time season of, of when I'm out and about. And, um, again, I'm very independent and spontaneous. So those like midnight fishing trips, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how that's going to happen, but, uh, come October, I'm sure I'll definitely have a little baby in a front pack yeah. out there casting. Well, I'm sure that baby's going to have a lot of fishing trips under its belt before then, too. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, I have um, two stepsons also, 14 and 15, and one of the two likes to fish. Um, but he also gets very discouraged if he's not catching. And so it's one of those things, like, if you're not catching, oh, I don't know if I want to go with you next time. And so, uh, you know, it's uh, I'm hoping that he he gets the bug and you know, I think one, one good trout on the line and he'll be, he'll be hooked. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Dude, so is Rove Cove just mostly based in Alaska, like in the, in like the North yeah. region or is there plans to maybe take that, uh, you know, outside of Alaska? Yeah. So Jillian definitely has some big plans for Rove Co. Um, she's from Arizona, I believe, uh, originally. And so I know she's done a couple of Rove Co meetups down there. When she goes home, 
She's also um, a military spouse. And um, so that's one of the reasons I kind of related with her is that, um, you know, we don't necessarily, you know, we don't live on base and we're not, um, you know, we're, we're not, we're not associating this with the military at all. Like this is a very independent, um, on our own thing. And so I really appreciate that about her and love that about her. And yeah, she's definitely got some bigger plans to, to just make this thing huge. Um, she's expanded from the Fairbanks area to the South central Anchorage, uh, Matsu region. And I know she's got some big plans for some other places around Alaska. And then, um, yeah, the more people that get involved, I think the more ideas that we're going to have to just make it bigger and bigger. Yeah, absolutely. So what are some of your goals, you know, going into the future of, you know, building community? Are you going to, you think someday you might try to start up a women on the fly up here? Um, Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> that would be really great. Um, I, I actually just listened to your River Cleanup um, podcast, Keaton. So that's something that, you know, y- you literally got me inspired and like fired up about it. It's something that I've thought about in the past. I live right on Eagle River. Like if I walk outside of my house and walk down the trail, um, there's the river right there. And I know that we don't get a lot of traffic as far as fishing or even camping, Um, it's a lot of like glacial melt water, but salmon do run up it and we do have some other species in it. And there is a campground that's, um, closer down towards the highway. And so that's something that, you know, now I'm just like, oh man, like I can, I can reach out to the breweries to donate. I can reach out to the coffee shops to donate. I can reach out to, you know, I feel like it'd, it'd be really fun to get some type of river cleanup here in our community going. I haven't yeah. seen one here before. So I've seen one in other places up on the parks and I've seen them down on the Kenai. And, um, but we are in, you know, the Anchorage bull region. And so we do get a lot of highway traffic and things like that. I do. Uh, I think it would be worthwhile to, to do something like that. So that's just an idea. And then obviously, yes, I would love to get more involved with um, trout unlimited around here. I'd love to get more involved with uh, female anglers and, um, I mean, I don't think there's a United Women on the Fly specific Alaska branch, but I mean, yeah, <laughs> I would love to start up something like that and and inspire more people to get out. Yeah, sure. And to comment on the the river cleanup, you know, it's such a great way to get. Uh, it, I I don't know if I hit that point, but it's such a good way to get your community involved as well, because you get like local businesses involved and. Maybe yeah. people haven't heard of them, you know, as much. I mean, it's down here. You're not going to hear them as like if I get a local little coffee shop, it spreads their name a little bit more, especially when, you know, you get it to 100 people from all different directions. So uh, mm-hmm. but I don't know how close you guys are all knitted up there. but It's a very Eagle River is a very close knit community. It's very small. We're about 20 minutes outside of Anchorage. But I mean, we've got one brewery and we've got a couple coffee shops and we've got, um, you know, like you're talking about just the idea of getting kids more involved. Like if you have some type of prize for children that are aimed towards children, then they get excited and they want to come back next year and they want to bring their friends back next year. And, uh, I, I for sure seeing like, if I walked into any of these local businesses and said, Hey, like I 
I care about my community. I care about my river. I want to do this cleanup so that we can all enjoy it for years to come. You know, what do you say about, you know, showing up with a food truck or something? I just feel like the community would a hundred percent get behind it and, and get, um, get on board with it. Yeah, absolutely. If you have any questions, I mean, feel free to reach I out. I will. Yeah, I will I definitely you pick your brain about it. When you're, when you're talking about things like permits and reaching out to the government, I'm like, oh man, that's, that's going to be interesting. But I do that for work all the time with construction stuff. So I yeah. feel like talking to government entities is not, um, you know, that's, that wouldn't be a problem, but there's so much more that goes into it than I thought. Yeah. And, and, you know, around here, it's a little more challenging because not everyone's on the the same page, but up there, I'm sure if you go in and you're like, Hey, can I do a cleanup? They're like, they'll probably be like, yeah, why are you here? You know, kind of. <laughs> That's what I'm yeah. thinking. You know, places like that, that are, are built communities are built off rivers and stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I remember um, I, I did, did a small hike off of the North Fork trail uh, here in Eagle river. It was last, I want to say it was like June or July, but just walked down the tra trail and kind of walked off the trail just briefly for a moment. But there was this huge party scene from probably the night before with just beer cans everywhere and bonfire remnants. And just, I mean, the place was trashed and it, it's, yeah such a beautiful place that we live in it just is infuriating to think of you know and I remember being a teenager growing up in Washington and going to those same river parties but um it's just infuriating to think that you know you live in Alaska you live in the most beautiful place in the world that's um mostly undisturbed like why would you want to leave this stuff here and so um yeah it's really important to me that people clean up after themselves and if they don't, then, you know, we can come along after them and, you know, clean that stuff up instead of leaving it behind. Um, one thing I've from doing my river cleanups is just when you find that stuff to just like put a put a little um, kind of mark on, you know, your map or whatever, because I, like down here, it's really common. Like, we'll do our I try to aim our cleanup for late summer. So that way it starts cooling down here not always but we you know i tried to get it to cool down so um but we've done cleanups where we've gone out did the cleanup beach is like beautiful they have a party the next night you come back and it's like we're never there ah. like, <laughs> you know that's the worst yeah. yeah it gets really bad here especially out um out in the valley i'm sure you've noticed kyle just uh huge parties out there like the um you know, the ORV sites and things like that, just kids going out. And it's been that way for years and years. That's the party place. Uh, but yeah, it, it is pretty sad when you wake up the next morning after camping and you just see they just left everything behind. Yeah. Do yeah. you guys ever, you ever see residents like throwing their trash in the river? I haven't personally outside, I'd say outside of Anchorage. I've done, a, I did a, uh, creek cleanup in Anchorage, like in the city with um, BHA ones with backcountry hunters and anglers that they hosted. And that was wild. Like I, I mean, I don't go into Anchorage a whole lot, but uh, that's like that creek runs right through town and a lot of homeless encampments on it in the summer. I mean, it's, you're looking around and you're like, wow, this would be a beautiful place to live in a tent. But uh, they just leave everything behind backpacks filled with stuff and, a lot of needles and just gross stuff. 
Um, yeah, I mean, we found whole shopping carts. <laughs> we just, we just found so much stuff. Um, just, just tossed right into the water. It's crazy. Yeah. But down here, uh, we pulled out lime bikes and like, uh, we oh, pulled out pipes, <laughs> lime bikes. We've gotten shopping. I pull out last year. I think I, well, last year I didn't pull out, but the year before I pulled out like seven shopping carts. Um, I mean, just oh, my fine. I found like tents that wrapped up and like sands filled them. And it looks like bodies. And I'm like, do I want to touch this right now? Like, am I going to be part of a crime scene? But it ends up. Being yeah, just no, you definitely need like some heavy duty gloves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I've tried, I've yeah. tried to unbury a few shopping carts that have been hit by like sediment, but uh, like also part of me doesn't want to pull them out because they hold some fish in them. It's funny. Like you can walk <laughs> up behind them and like they're half buried ones, like the fish sit in the shopping carts. So I like don't oh, mess but yeah, wow. just it's it's sad, but uh, it's also you got to do your part. Yeah. You know? yeah, and it amazes me too. I mean, some people pull fish out of those streams and and eat them right up. And so, I mean, I would be a little bit weary around some of those places, but <laughs> you do you. <laughs> I mean, like probably up there is better than down here, but oh, probably. <laughs> you know? Like I'd rather eat a fish out of an urban creek in Alaska than an urban place in like Washington. That's true. Um, That's true. I, I don't. I for sure don't eat any of those fish in the lakes in Anchorage. Like any of the stocked lakes. I I was at one of the lakes this weekend and I was walking out and like kind of smells like a sewer out here. I don't know if I'd want to necessarily or somebody septic. Like I don't know if I really want to eat anything. Out of the <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> going to get out of waste but then again like if once you leave the city and you go out to these beautiful places in the valley um you know that are mostly undisturbed and then you come across all of the uh you know the shooting areas that people go to and it's just trashed i mean just um you know blown up cars and just people take their old couches and whatever they feel like dumping they just take all that stuff out there to these shooting areas and it's just disgusting and i know that um there's some groups around here that do do some pretty big cleanups during the summer which is helpful but again you just go right back to the next weekend and it's you know looks the same <laughs> yeah we had a you bring up shooting pits we had uh an area down by it's a little little south for me but they were shooting trees down like, like <laughs> 100 yards of where trees used to be it's just like blown up stumps and uh they shut a lot of shooting down which was it's like sucks but also i like never go to those shooting areas because there's a lot of people out there that are just shooting and you're like yeah I don't oh know. yeah scary yeah. yeah i mean we go out to those areas quite a bit just uh, like i said my husband's really big into shooting um and we go with our friends but if we show up and it's you know, if there's people drinking, if there's people being stupid, if there's people making poor decisions and poor choices, and uh, sometimes, you know, you'll be on the range and kids will just ride up, you know, right in the middle of it on their quad. And it's like, okay, we need to pack up and leave because this is not safe to be here. You know, it's, it's something that's important to us. Yeah. 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 Alaska's a, a different beast. I feel like... <laughs> <laughs> You've got two extremes. You, you either got, you know, I've one thing I noticed about um, 
places, you know, like Willow and the park streams is, yeah, there's, there's trash there, but it's not like what I've seen um, in places in Washington, like the Yakima and stuff where I feel like I pull trash out all the time, but you also, you know, do have those spots where it's like, where there is a lot of trash. I, I feel like most Alaskans are really proud of where they're from and they either pick up after themselves or pick up after um, other people. Um, but you know, every, every, batch people is going to have a few bad apples and you're always you're always going to have that which is unfortunate but it, it seems like it it is better than in most places i feel like <laughs> yeah i agree with you there and uh i think keaton you just made a great point is that every time you go out you know whether whether you're fishing or you're hiking or whatever like bring a trash bag you know or uh fill your net before you leave you know if i'm walking along the river and i see a beer can like i'm gonna pick it up and throw it in my pack uh, if I see some old fishing line, I'm going to throw it in my pack. And then, you know, at the end of the day on my drive home, I'm going to take it to the trash. So wow. I think that's super important. And I, uh, I, I do like, I try to do that every time, but also there's like some days I'm like, man, I feel like I do this for weeks on end. So I'm just going to focus on like fishing today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, a part of me feels like guilty because i'm like i need to clean up that can but i'm like i can't be the only one doing this so that's why i'm trying to yeah it was a little call to action to people you know like just you know i know you some people especially more around here they're like oh it's not my stuff not my problem but it's like well it could become a problem you know just clean it up it doesn't yeah. take much throw it throw the beer cans in your you know, in your net, there's usually most areas, there's big garbage cans somewhere. You know, I know that around here and on the Yakima and stuff, if I can pick stuff up, I'll try to, or if I, if I'm, um, you know, have my net out, I'll try to catch a beer can going by or whatever. So, um, it's just, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah for sure. People probably think I'm crazy, but yeah, I've uh, seen some of those I wouldn't think you're crazy. <laughs> uh, I've seen some of these spots down on the Kenai when they do dip netting, when the salmon come in and you're allowed to go out and get like 25% salmon per day in a net. And uh, it's the uh, pictures afterwards, just the piles and piles of trash. It's unbelievable to me that you could walk away from that and just leave it there. Yeah. Blows my mind. It's sad. But... Yeah. If you were to... If you were to have a call to action for people in Alaska, Nina, what what, what would it be for people to, whether it be to get involved or to, to clean up? Ah, that's a great question. Uh, I mean, everywhere you turn here, it's beautiful, whether it's the mountains or the water. Um, I just say get involved, you know, first of all, get outside. If you're just sitting in your house all, all year, all winter, and you're not even exploring what's around you uh, i feel like you need to get outside first and and when you get outside you're going to learn to appreciate it more and um i would say get involved like get involved with um you know with those different nonprofits that are you know that care about our environment whether it's bristol bay or whether it's trout unlimited or backcountry hunters and anglers or um any of the groups around here there's a lot of them and um even if it's just like you're sending, they, they have those like letter email templates, you know, write your Senator and tell them that you care about this, uh, whatever you can do. If it's, if, it, if all you can do is, you know, type up something from a keyboard, then that's better than nothing. But if you can get outside and get involved, then, you know, I'd, I'd say do it. 
I got I got one question for you. It's kind of a little bit off topic, but uh, being up to Alaska, what's what's your other favorite thing besides like the outdoors? Um, that's a hard one. <laughs> I know. Uh, that's one thing I I feel like that's that's why I miss the lower forty eight. Is I really miss like when we were living in California, we were in central California and it was like, what do we want to do today? Do we want to go to the desert? Do we want to go to the beach? Do we want to go to San Francisco and go to a museum? Um, I, I miss that aspect of it. Alaska doesn't offer a whole lot of that in the means of like city things to do or just a different type of scenery. Um, in California, you drive five hours to the desert or a couple hours to the beach and you just get there's options. Alaska, you can drive for hours and hours and hours, and you're still seeing the same thing. You're still getting the same exact weather. Um, I mean, live music, going out with friends, going out for beers. I mean, that's, yeah. there's not much else to do up here. Well, I'm, I'm sure probably in the summertime, there's a lot more to do, you know, than the yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the winters, the winters can be brutal. It's like, there's a, you know, there's a reason why everybody is in Hawaii right now. (laughs) It feels that way. Everyone, but me, um, Alaskans, what they do, this is my theory anyways, is so we get the, um, PFD up here, you get paid a stipend, um, every fall, uh, from the oil and gas companies to live here. And it doesn't matter if you're zero or if you're 99 uh, everybody in your family gets one if you filed for it and you're eligible for it and so it usually gets paid out around october 1st and i think what people do is they all buy their tickets to hawaii and mexico for you know january february and uh i think that's how i'm like i'm like how are these families affording this you know these trips because i'm looking at plane tickets and i'm like i can't afford to go to hawaii right now (laughs) um but you, I think that's what you have to do. I think you have to kind of figure out a way to take a break from the winters because they're very, very long. And unless you can get outside, unless you're cross-country skiing or skiing, snowboarding, ice fishing, you're just going to go crazy and you're just going to get super depressed sitting inside. Um, you just, you have to get outside. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, uh, covered some good topics here. Uh, we want to, we're going to roll into kind of the next segment of our podcast here. Uh, ask you another question. Well, a couple questions and then, uh, one more thing. And then, uh, we're going to send our way out. So uh, I, I, I have one more question. Oh, uh, go ahead. Yeah. It, it, we kind of like to, to wrap up, uh, this first segment with, is there anything that, uh, we didn't ask you that you, that we, you think we should know, whether that be, Know, about your background about you know fishing in alaska uh, building a community is there anything that that you wanted to bring up um the only thing i can really think of is um you know just talking a little bit more about my history and my past and i know that other people have said this whether on your podcast or just you know mentioned this that fly fishing is so therapeutic it's so healing it's the best medicine there is Um, I didn't say this before, but in 2020, I lost both of my parents back to back, um, pretty suddenly within three months of each other. And that was right when I started fly fishing. And so, um, that was huge for me. Like if I would have just sat and stewed in my grief at home, I don't know where I'd be right now. Um, or if I would be here, I don't know, but 
fly fishing is so healing, just getting on the water, being outside, being with the fish. Um, and then, you know, that tie to my dad is always, it's just always nice. You know, he, I know he would just be so stoked, like to see every one of these fishing pictures, he would just be like, he'd be going berserk right now if he could see some of these fish that I've caught. And so just knowing that there's that connection as well. Um, I recommend it to everybody going through anything hard, you know, anything hard in their life, like get outside, like pick up a fly rod. Like it is just, you just get in this zone and it's so peaceful. And um, yeah, I, I can't recommend it enough in that aspect. No, that's that's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Oh. Go ahead, Kyle. I was gonna say, let's uh, we appreciate that, and we appreciate you know the conversation we've had so far, and um, it's been really cool to to talk to another passionate angler, um, especially up here in Alaska. Um, I I feel like there's a a big community of anglers, but you know, one thing you were talking about earlier, I feel like you know there are times where that community in Alaska can get kind of toxic. Um, mm-hmm. and I feel like, you know, the conversation we've had and just, um, you know, following you on social media, um, uh, you're just a, a super cool, uh, down to earth angler. So it's cool to, to meet another person like that up here, another angler in the community that, you know, just, just out there enjoying it and having a good time. So we, we, we appreciate the yeah. <laughs> Likewise. Yeah, no, it's, it's been really, it's, it's been awesome meeting you guys and, and meeting other anglers in the community that are, you know, so supportive. I've learned so much from everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, she just totally just whapped me right in the face with her claws out. I saw that. Uh, oh, that's great. That's great. <laughs> I do not want Kyle right now. No, she was not happy about that. Um. But with that, Keaton, why don't you roll us rapid fire round? All right. So here's the rules with rapid fire round. All right. We're going to lay some rapid fire questions out. Um, they can be short and sweet, or you can you can elaborate on them. Um, but we like to just, you know, kind of drop them on you. Uh, we won't, we probably won't elaborate too much with you. We'll just be like popping them off. So, and then we got one more thing and then we got an outro. So. All right. Let's do it. All right. So what's your favorite fish to fish for? well as much as i love those big rainbows i have to say arctic grayling arctic grayling hands down on a dry fly at midnight with no one else around awesome what's a dream destination for you to fish there's so many um i'd say golden dorado in like bolivia argentina uh mongolia for taman new zealand I have steelhead. I would like to catch a steelhead on the sea tech or something. I don't know. Anywhere. <laughs> What's your favorite uh, snack and beverage to have when you're going out? Ooh, that is easy. I always, always, always have gummy bears in my front waiter pocket and or high shoes. And then I love Alaskan seltzers. I can't drink them right now until July, but uh, the cherry grapefruit is the best i respect you on the gummy bears i love gummy bears <laughs> gummy anything but the bears are the best yeah um what are you listening to when you're driving 
to the river? Um, you're listening to podcasts, you're listening to music, are you sitting in silence? Never silence, that's for sure. I love music, I love podcasts, I've always got something on. If I'm but I'm very like it's weird. I'm it's very weather dependent. So like if if I'm just like wanting to get pumped about fishing, I'm probably listening to like like black keys, just something really loud. And then if it's like rainy and dreary out and I, I want to listen to like sad indie rock and I'm, you know, listening to folksy music, uh, podcasts. I love podcasts. Um, I've been listening to that. Uh, what is it? Uh, wet, wet, wet fly swing, something like that. I, yeah, one of those um, awkward anglers, really great with Eric and Nelson, um, April Vokies, uh, anchored. And then I'll listen to like Joe Rogan or something, you know, just something to something to pass the time. Yeah, awesome. I feel like that's the second time you I've heard awkward angler in the last week. I feel like I, I feel like some, uh, you should get her on your show. You should talk to her. She's she's she brings up some really great uh, things in in the fishing community. Kind of a, uh, you know, maybe just things that we don't normally talk about when it comes to like diversity and inclusion. And I really appreciate that about her. Yeah, awesome. I'll check her out. You are headed out the door to fish. What's one thing you won't forget? Uh, bug spray. <laughs> bug spray in Alaska. The mosquitoes love me like no other. I don't know what it is, but I and I'll get like bad, bad allergic reactions to them. My face will look like a golf ball by the end of uh, fishing. So bug spray for sure. <laughs> nice. Uh, what's one thing that you're superstitious about when you're fishing? Do you need like a certain hat? Do you have to have a certain fly box? What What are you superstitious? Oh my gosh, that's a tough one. I don't know. I mean, I feel like I'm still too much of a noob to be superstitious about anything. I'm, I'm, you know, ask me again in like two, three more years, <laughs> maybe there'll <laughs> be something I come up with. But yeah, nothing that I can think of. Gotcha. That's probably a good thing. <laughs> in uh in your eyes who's the most unique person you've ever fished with hmm i tell you i fish alone all the time so <laughs> as far as who i fish with um ah, that's a really hard question hmm I'd say when I went to Montana last year and I did that, um, so I, I did a, it was called Wade into Wellness. It was a women's yoga and fly fishing retreat. And there were women there from all over the U.S. Um, I got to fish, with, well, not only Lindsay, um, who puts on the um, the program, she was really great and really interesting and um, unique to fish with. But uh, there's somebody named Angelica Talent. I don't know if I'm saying her name that uh, right. She's very involved in the community, especially with United Women on the Fly. And just the most outgoing, fun, bubbly human being I've ever met. I was getting really down on myself fishing in Bear Trap Canyon, just super depressed that I wasn't catching anything. And it was very hard fishing, tough. And I had no idea what I was doing coming from Alaska. And she was just like, I'm just here for the, the sun and the the company. And um, I don't know about unique, but just just the most bubbly, awesome person. So I would say Angelica. That's awesome. That's cool. Um, 
what is something that you wish you knew when you started fishing? To not take it so seriously. Uh, like I said in the beginning, I would get really down on myself. Um, I'd, I'd go to the willow every single day for like a week, two weeks, and not even get a bite. And I, it wasn't like I got to the point where I'm like, I'm not doing this again. But it got to the point where like, I'm never going back to that river again. <laughs> There's nothing in that river. Um, and so I just wish that from the very beginning, I, you know, I knew to not take it so seriously and just to, just to celebrate being outside, being out there and, um, enjoying the, the, the fresh breeze, fresh air, the scenery, things like that. And just know that it's just fishing just to have a good yeah. time. You got to enjoy it, you know? Yeah. And if you're only fishing to catch fish, I mean, you're just, you're not going to, you're not going to have a good time. And if you're only fishing to catch the big fish, you know, where you're like, oh, whatever, that fish is stupid. That's small fish. It's, you're not going to have a good time. It's like, I feel like every fish is a gift, no matter what I, and I, I talk to every fish that comes in my net. I get so excited. Um, yeah, I, I, I love that. That's awesome. What's the what's the best advice you could give to your younger self? Start fishing earlier. Start fly fishing earlier, uh, <laughs> especially growing up on the Skagit. I cannot believe I missed that opportunity. Like I would go back to like little six year old me, you know, when we were out on those sandbars snagging every single cast into the logs. Um, I really wish I could go back and yeah, and fly fish and get on the upper Skagit, get on the Sock River um and just yeah that's that for sure yeah um our last question for you here nina is uh what's one word to describe yourself <sighs> hmm <laughs> <laughs> that's a tough one i probably say spontaneous i i love to go 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 i don't like to sit still I don't, I'm not much of a homebody, even though I like being at my house. I, I want to be out exploring, um, Northern lights were out last night and missed them. I guess it was a really good show from all the pictures people are showing me, um, pregnancy slowing me down a little bit. I just want to sleep all the time. And that sucks. Cause it's not my personality. I, uh, yeah, very spontaneous. Yeah. Awesome. Like, call me on a Tuesday after work and I will, I will be on the road to meet you fishing. <laughs> That's awesome. So we'd like to end uh, every podcast uh, with a favorite fish or outdoor story. If you got one, what 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 do you got for us? It can be it can be uh, learning, it can be exciting. What you got? Oh man, um, let's see. <laughs> I would say this past summer, um, I picked up a three weight glass rod this little Reddington butter stick. And it's been my favorite thing ever. And I've just been primarily using that aside from, you know, if I know that I'm have the possibility of hooking into a large trout, I'm not going to use that, but um, <laughs> going down, <laughs> going down on the peninsula and going fishing for dollies um, rivers were blown out like all the time this past year, as you know, Kyle, um, Every time you go fishing, the water level is just super high. I went into it a lot of times thinking I was never going to catch anything. I'm getting a little bit discouraged just at the conditions. Uh, but I hooked this like 
I would call it a monster. Maybe someone else wouldn't, but <laughs> for me, it was my personal best dolly and it was all colored up for the fall. And it took me, I thought I was going to lose it probably 10 different times on this little tiny glass rod. I don't even know how I, how I got it into the net, but it was, it was awesome. And I had gone fishing with two girls that were new to um, fly fishing and they were just so excited, so pumped. Like it was this huge celebration. And yeah, I mean, I'll leave it there. It was just awesome. It was an epic memory of a day. That's awesome. I've I've made a few mistakes on my three weight. I won't go into details, but <laughs> I, I've done I've been there. I'm like, yeah, I'll go try this. And then the next thing I know, I'm like, my three weights like Whoa. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, why did I do this to myself? Oh yeah, that's I was feeling that. I was like, this this rod is a goner. <laughs> I know it's not gonna make it through this fish, but it did. I was very impressed. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, cool. Yeah, we appreciate that, Nina, and we appreciated the conversation we've had tonight. Um, I'm sure I'll be seeing you out there on the river this year. Might even yeah. get called like, hey, fishing's good today. I'll meet you up here in like an hour and a half. Let's go hit the water. Heck yeah. No, I would love that. I'd love to fish with you and Shane too. Like, let me know. Like, I'll I'll come, uh, you know, jump on your raft and I'd make a day of it. That'd be awesome. Yeah, for sure. All right, Keen, you want to take us out with some upcoming events? Yep, I'll do some upcoming events, and uh, I'll give us a little outro here. So, All right, well, that was another episode of the Young Guides podcast. We want to just thank Nina for taking her time tonight and hopping on with us and uh, and talking. You know, we all love, love the fish, and it's fun to talk with like-minded people um, and just talk about our passion and, and what we do and kind of where we came from and where we are now. So, we really appreciate you taking the time, Nina, and, and getting on with us today. Um, I got a couple. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I got a couple upcoming events coming. Uh, we got one on uh, the Yakima NWTF chapter, uh, sa- Saturday, April 8th at the SELA uh, Civic Center in SELA. Um, it's their um, their banquet this year. So uh, make sure to go and check that out. You can register at nwtf.org slash events. Um, and uh, I think they got a Facebook page. So they're a sister chapter to the South Sound Strutters. And uh, Rich Rich is a great guy. And I hope you guys can make it over and, and support him. Um, so, yeah. Uh, on, I want to say something on that. Um, I was a member of that chapter for a while there in Yakima. And uh, Rich is actually the guy that got me into turkey hunting. So, uh, yeah, Rick's a super awesome dude. Uh, I highly encourage you guys to go and just just talk to Rich a little bit about turkey hunting. That guy, um, just like uh, Russ, he eats, sleeps, breathes turkeys. So that'll be a be a cool event to attend. Yeah, and I was chatting with him on the phone too the other day, and he was talking to me. He said that he can talk anyone's ear off about turkey hunting. And, uh, I mean, we chatted for like 20, 30 minutes and he was telling me about all this call making he's doing and, and everything. So, uh, and he's an, uh, ex game warden. So he's got a lot of information on, uh, whereabouts and, and things like that. You should just, if you get the chance, go, go and, uh, and chat with rich. So, uh, super, super awesome dude. Um, another event coming up, uh, you guys will probably, yeah, so we won't, they won't make this Friday's event. 
um, with the jig and with Holy Moly Outdoors. Um, but we are going to be having uh, tying basic trout nymphs with me um, on uh, Saturday, March 4th, uh, at 6 p.m. It's going to be at our normal meetup spot. Um, I hope to see you guys there. Uh, I'll get you guys a list of uh, what you're going to need. Um, make sure to sign up on the Eventbrite because I usually send out like uh, when people sign up, I'll send them an email with uh, what to bring and what to get. Um, I'm still putting uh, I'm planning on March's seminar still um, picking out what we're going to do there. Um, but I, I'm a soft date's going to be the 31st. So just just be ready for that. Um, the cleanup Cedar River cleanup August 12th this year. Make sure you uh, you sign up on Eventbrite and uh, I hope to see you out there. Uh, making our our urban watersheds a better place. So, um, also just want to give a shout out to all our sponsors: uh, Alaska Rodco, Lucky Bug, uh, Slay Jays, um, Heather's Choice, Northern Knits, uh, NWTS South Sound Strutters, uh, Shell Art Studios. I mean, go support them. Uh, small businesses, great businesses, all support the outdoors. Um, even you know, you, you buy stuff from these people, they're going to donate back. Uh, it just helps them be able to, to give back to the communities and, and do great things. So, uh, if you got the time, make sure to go check them out, um, and, and get about all these, uh, all, they're all us made items. So, and a lot of them are handmade. So well, lucky bugs in Canada, well, and, uh, the Northern America, uh, America, you know, so yeah. Anything you want to add, Kyle? uh nope i don't think so um i think that's that's about it for this episode yeah we just want to thank everyone too for taking the time out of their day and, and listening to us and uh if you got the time leave us a review on uh, apple Podcasts, spotify google Podcasts. let us know how we're doing if we can do better we also like to improve uh we're just thankful and uh yeah we're i think we just hit eight thousand listens uh on our podcast so that's that's pretty great I think we're uh, at this point. We're actually quite a bit further past eight thousand. I think we're uh, we've surpassed that. Oh yeah, we're almost uh, at nine. Yeah, we're like we're yeah yeah we're getting we're we're getting up there. Um, and we're growing quick, so we appreciate you guys. Awesome. And if you can take the time and and share some of the podcasts you like, share them to a friend, put them on your stories, tag us. If you're doing stuff, fly tying, fishing, tag us and stuff. Uh, we want to see what you guys are doing. So uh, thanks again for everything. And uh, with that being said, uh, this was another episode of the Young Guides podcast. We'll catch you on the next one. Bye.